0: Good morning, church and online folks. How are you guys? Yeah, you're alive and well. uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm Joel. I'm the Connect Pastor here. And you guys have made it here to the coolest Sunday of the year, the last one. And in that Sunday around New Year's, we have now got a tradition. This is three years running where we do a clip show from the previous year. So that's what you've made it here for, the 2023 Clip Show. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that's what you're coming for. Maybe you're th- sitting there thinking, like, what, what it was, what's a Clip Show even? Well, it is a recap of what God has done and what he is going to continue to do here at Community. And in that, um, it's going to be good for people who have maybe been somewhere but not actually been present. Has that ever been you? Have you ever learned something but like not actually internalized it and kind of forgotten it and not put it into practice? If so, maybe hearing some sermons from the past year would be, would be a good reminder. Have you ever just walked to the kitchen and forgotten what you were there for? Yeah, this is the kind of Sunday that might be perfect for somebody like you. And so let me just ask you, how many of you know how many Sundays were there in 2023? Do you know? Go ahead and type it out, if you know, or or raise your hand and shout it out. How many Sundays? I've heard something in the 30s, something in the 50s. 52 is probably your standard solid guess if you remember um, that there's 52 weeks in the year, but you would be incorrect. There happened to be, just so lucky for us in 2023, 53 Sundays. eh? So, yeah, I hope you guys made it here for a lot of those. Let me just tell you, we kicked it off with 53 Sundays, the first Day of 2023 was a Sunday, and we were back here doing the clip show from 2022. What better way to kick off a year than that, right? But in February, we did a series called Unoffendable. Do you remember any of the messages from that? If not, I got some stuff here to jog your memory.
1: I got pretty thick skin. I'm a pretty tough personality, but if you say something about my wife, I'm going to be offended and it won't be pretty. If you start bashing on my kids, which has happened in the past, I'm offended, and it's not pretty. If you hurt one of my friends, I'm offended. If you criticize this church, I might be offended. I guess I'm not so easily unoffendable, right? I mean, I'm, I'm offended at a lot of stuff, and and here's how this works. Over the next few weeks, I'm probably... I'm definitely going to offend you. Jesus adds, but those people are a challenge to be around just in general. You know who those people are again? You know any of those people? They're super critical of everything. You know those people? Those people are very controlling. Those people can be really, really mean. Those people kind of know everything about everything. Those people... Now, if you don't know those people, I'm sure you do. You go to a family gathering, there's always one of those people at the family gathering. And if you don't know who one of those people are at your family gathering, it's probably you. A lot so.
2: of this teaching has been based on a book called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. Write it down. Y'all, I cannot recommend this book enough. <laughs> it is funny. It's simple, it's deep, it will step all over your toes, and you will be glad it did. If you haven't had your toes stepped on at some point during this series, then I I just
1: I, I gotta think you haven't been listening, okay, because I mean you need to remember that no one wins when you live offended. And you will be offended. Every day, you'll be offended by someone or something. So what do you do? Well, you have to remember that being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice.
0: With a coworker for things that they've gotten that you haven't, maybe you're upset about a family member who's treated differently than you are. And you're probably bitter with an ex-partner that's harmed you for no good reason. But remember this, there's plenty of hurt to go around, and bitterness is a prison of our heart. If we continue to live in that, if we continue to indulge in self-imprisonment, it is denying the work of God in your life. Jesus came to set us free. So we pray, God, Help me get out the roots of bitterness. What am I holding on to? Show me the bitterness that maybe I've pretended is is just a, a frustration. And God, can you help me handle my hurt?
2: I know some of you have suffered great injustice. I know. I am truly sorry. I am so sorry for that. But I also know that God doesn't want his children to live in prisons of anger and bitterness and resentment. He's called us to freedom. Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The door is open.
0: So in preparation for Clip Show Sunday, I get to listen to most of the sermons from 2023. Isn't that amazing? Um, I know, it takes a little while, but you're probably thinking, boy, how could you ever get sick of listening to those three people talk? (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, it really is so much of just what God is doing and does through all of us that makes it really difficult to condense. Because in 2023, we did these great quarterly gatherings where we do potlucks in the calm and and we love that, that, that connection. We did um, a massively well-done and successful um, Easter egg hunt last year. We do up special Sundays like Easter and Mother's Day and Father's Day, like really big. And going into the Easter season, we had a, a series called the I Am, talking about names that Jesus go, went by and, and is going by. And, and it culminated in the I Am the Resurrection in the life so i really wanted to share some stuff from our easter in 2023
1: talking about, I am the resurrection and the life. And you hear that and you go, well, what does that even mean? I'm not really convinced that they knew what it meant completely, and I'm not convinced that we know what it means completely. I think most of us are really good at at kind of believing that Jesus died, right? I mean, we've seen it on TV. It was a pretty good pretty good storyline and and we've seen that, you know, in in several different movies, and we know what it means, we know what a crucifixion is. So I think we get the fact that, that death is all around us. And so I think we understand that Jesus died. Not hard to imagine that. Pretty easy to imagine he was tortured, crucified, and buried. But because I know a lot of people that are capable of anything, including torture and death of innocent people. Sometimes we put all of our focus on that part Of the story, and maybe you're even a committed Christ follower, maybe you're even a dedicated believer, or maybe you're just kind of on the fringe, or maybe not even there at all. But I think a lot of us live like Jesus was crucified, that He died, but we don't live like He rose from the dead. Now, did you catch how bold Jesus was being with this statement? "I am the resurrection and the life." What He's saying is, I am God. Now, stuff like that really ticked off the religious leaders. You're claiming to be God. I'm not okay with that. It really made him mad. He's saying, I'm God, and it infuriated all the religious leaders, and Jesus knew it. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was like tossing a match into a can of gasoline. He was just waiting for it to explode. Jesus said, I am he, and they all drew back and fell down to the ground. There's some power there, isn't there? These are hardened soldiers. They, they've been in battles. They've, they've killed people. They've guarded people. They're hardened soldiers. And they step back and they fall to the ground when they realize that it's Jesus that's there. That is so significant. I mean, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, guess what? He's just a good teacher. I mean, he might be a footnote in a history book somewhere. Good sayings, good principles, good man. But nothing more than that if the resurrection isn't true. Those 40 days prove he is exactly who he says he is. A living, moving, breathing God who exists now and who exists forever. And that changes everything.
0: Man, the baptisms, church. We had over 50 baptisms, and um, we're just so grateful that that was such a big part of 2023 for us. I mean, with uh, 53 Sundays and about 50-plus baptisms, that means that you got a really—in two services, that means you got a really good shot of having seen a baptism on Sunday morning. you guys all get to see a baptism on a Sunday morning as part of the service? I I don't know about you, but if you get to be a part of a baptism where— God's people are already gathered to worship and, and called to Him. And then you see somebody actually respond to that. I don't, I don't know if it's ever failed to give me goosebumps. Um, so I'm very grateful that, that God has done that. I didn't clip all of the baptisms. One, I don't think we have all recorded. We don't even have all the baptisms on Sunday mornings. But just imagine with me um, a bunch of people getting dunked in water. That's that. that we just had so many, it was wonderful. Um, and, and that was Easter. Easter was super special for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Um, we like to put a big emphasis on that too. so, so let me just show you a couple things for that.
3: Everything to do with your mom. Um, mine is just to go out with her. so we might go shopping, go to the store and just you know pick out things, home decor, just being
2: able to be with her and talk, spend time together. Yeah, yeah, I think that was my favorite thing to do with my mom. It was just running around. Just running around, being in the car, like you said, just running around, go shopping, grab lunch, just those little moments. Man, you can see that they make a difference. So um, Ashley and I are inviting you into our conversation today. You are the third person at the table. Okay. No idea, I, I remember taking our first baby home. I, I was sitting, we were in the hospital elevator and I was sitting in the wheelchair, you know, so they make you do that. And I'm holding the baby, and I looked up at Randy, and I said, I cannot believe they are letting us take this baby home. We don't know anything. We have no idea what we're doing. And we didn't. And we don't. 28 years later, we are still figuring it out. I, I hate, I'm sorry, that's not holding out much hope for you, but for it is the truth. It is the truth. <laughs> We're still figuring it out. And there's a verse that I wish I had committed to memory, like early on in motherhood. It's in Psalms. It says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. So I'm a therapist. I work
3: at an elementary school, and when I walk into the classroom sometimes, teachers teaching, the kids will be like, Oh, hi, Miss Ashley. Hi, Miss Ashley. (laughs) And they don't even, I'm not even their therapist. Like, I'm just, you know, they just constantly see me. Um, I'm surprised how they see me in the hallways, and they go out of their way to just wave or get my attention. There are some of them who even come to my office at the end of the day and just want to hug before they go out to the buses. So I just think that's so adorable. I don't know why they do it, but they do, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even at my age, I love talking to women who are older than me. I think that they just have so much wisdom and so much experience that I don't have, and I just, I just love learning from them. So I hope that nobody thinks that I think that I'm too cool. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. I do. I, I love learning from you. So you know, please don't ever, don't ever assume that
2: somebody younger than you just doesn't want to get to know you. And I I know that that we're talking about motherhood today, but I got to tell you, um, family isn't just who shares your home, your DNA, or your last name. You know that. Family is, I don't know, is people who also share your faith. Um, Right now, there is a huge need for spiritual mothers and fathers. I was preparing for this message and I read in a devotional a couple of weeks ago. Man, this stuck with me and I thought I gotta I gotta bring it to you today. We're talking about mothering. Mothering is not just about bearing a child. It can be that but it is not just that. You mother through loving whom God brings
1: your way. It's not an easy thing setting moral standards and helping them live their lives in that way. You don't get that until you become a father. You look through the Bible and you see the book of Proverbs and it's Solomon writing wisdom to his son for a lot of it, trying to pass on good, godly advice like Proverbs 1:7. He says this to his son, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In other words, if you're going to instruct your kids, the first thing you instruct them in is the fact that God is there. God's the creator. God loves you. God wants to help you and direct you and guide you. That's where you start your life. That's where you start your wisdom, is by realizing that. Dads, you need to realize that too. But wouldn't it be nice occasionally to get a thanks, Dad. Love you. That was great. You don't get a thanks for being faithful. You don't get a thanks for being reliable. You don't get a thanks for for being there through all the difficult times. You don't get a thanks for being the strong support system that most dads are in their families, and yet families fall apart without that role as part of them. Dads, you're needed. Dads, you're important. Dads, we love you. Dads, thank you for what you do.
0: Well, thank you, Scott. That was very encouraging. Um, I don't know about you guys. Did you notice that um, next to Scott on this table when he was preaching on Father's Day, there was a kebab of donut holes and bacon because I sure noticed that and wish that I had one right here. Um, that, was, uh, that was a big part of our Father's Day, giving out root beer to dad's root beer to the fathers and, and those uh, kebabs, breakfast kebabs. That was well done, very well done. The Mother's Day, we had a whole like flower shop out in the lobby. Did you, did you see that? Did you take part of that? We even had some leftover people took to their mothers. It was, it was beautifully done. And so, those are special, nice Sundays, and we, can, we want to plan to continue to do that in 2024. We want to continue to be a place that's encouraging. Sometimes that encouragement comes in the form of tough love, um, but also, we are not afraid to tackle difficult topics. Um, we're going to prove that again in our very first series of the year called How Not to Read the Bible, and we'll talk more about that here near the end, but let me just say that in the summertime— we always choose a book of the Bible for July. In 2022, we did Ezekiel. Not super simple stuff. And so here in 2023, we could have chosen, like, the book of James, you know, or, or like one of the Gospels, just told Jesus his life. We could have done Acts and the, and the story of the early church and done things like that. But no. No, we did Judges. <laughs> Do you remember Judges? Have you read even Judges before? I have, and yet still studying and prepping for this me- these messages and stuff like that was just totally eye-opening for me. Judges is one of the most uh, misunderstood Bibles, uh, books of the Bible, and in that five-week series, we got to hear from our online pastor, um, Greg Dodge. It was, in my opinion, Kurt, our youth pastor's best sermon of the whole year. There was a lot of good stuff to pull out of that that month where we dug into Judges So I want to share some of that with you.
4: We get to see that God's people are stuck in this book. They are stuck in a deadly cycle. They would abandon God and his teachings. They would go and worship other gods like Baal. Uh, And then while they abandoned God, their lands would fall into ruin. These other kingdoms would come in, take over, start oppressing them. All of these bad things would start happening. And then his people would start complaining. They'd be like, this is awful. Please help us, God. And in response, God would send a judge. But these people that God was using for the judges, to be judges, these are the same broken people who grew up in this broken cycle of a world. So it's not like he's picking awesome, great people to go and save the world. He has a pool of broken people to pick from that already misunderstand who he is, that are every generation falling further and further away from him. So, of course, there is going to be violence and destruction because that's, that's where they're at. And it's really tempting to look at the stories of judges and be like, this is a really cool action story. Or like, hey, that judge was really cool. He was left-handed. Represent. It's really easy for us to look at these judges and find role models, or want to find role models. But that's not what we're supposed to be finding here. I think that we're meant to feel uncomfortable as we read this book. We're supposed to be unhappy with the decisions that God's people are making in this story. This book isn't meant to like say, here's how you do life. This book is meant to be a warning. This is supposed to show us this is what happens. This This is what it looks like when you follow that way that seems right to man, generation after generation after generation as you slowly drift further and further away from God.
5: If you read the text, when he's talking, when Delilah's talking about where he gets his source of strength, he says, he talks about God and his Nazarite vow. But when he refers to God, he refers to him as Elohim. And Elohim is just the common, general term for God. It's kind of like, an, in God we trust, or a one nation under God. But there's a shift in his heart when he's at his end. He, he, when he asks God to use him one last time, he doesn't refer to God as Elohim, but he calls him Yahweh, which is a, the personal God, who's sacred, who's holy, who's set apart, who's beyond our imagination and our comprehension. See, the births and deaths of Samson and Jesus actually have some, some similarities. An angel comes to Samson's mother who is barren and tells her that he will help to lead in delivering the Israelites from the Philistines. Uh, an angel appears to Mary and says that she will give birth to the Messiah who will save the world. Then their deaths also have a miraculous yet tragic ending. Both Samson and Jesus are both brought out to, on full display to be mocked and displayed by others. Samson was mocked and, um, for others to taunt and ridicule, and he got what he deserved. But Jesus, on the other hand, he didn't get what, we, what he deserved, which was glory and honor and praise, but he took what you and I rightfully deserve. I think
0: what's happening here is that God is saying what he has done in the past matters just like it happened today. Whatever God has done in the past, it matters. It should matter to you and me just like it's happening here in the present. He says, but you have not listened to me. And I'll tell you this. It does not make a difference if you and I didn't see it. It doesn't make a difference if you and I didn't benefit from it directly. And it doesn't make it less true if you doubt it. And it doesn't make God less powerful if you don't believe it. What God has done in the past... Matters for today. And and it just does. It really, again, it doesn't matter whether or not I believe it or accept it or or trust it. Like, this is what he's telling them. He says, But you have not listened. And so, what we'll see here in the short story of Gideon is that the miracles of God, the, the great change that God can bring about, these miracles begin with us remembering what he's done and remembering it like it happened yesterday and then we actually have to listen to
2: it too. that there is a basalt flow that ribbons across the valley from Mount Tabor to Megiddo now I had to look up what that was but listen here's our quick science lesson basalt flows are basically when lava just squeezes up out of the earth okay see how this is just kind of oozing along It's just gonna and that doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't look very very useful but you have to see what happens when it hardens. There it is, hardened. It turned into a natural highway that wound all the way through the valley. So now you think about the story. Hmm. Of course, Sisera thinks <laughs> he could take his horses and his 900 iron chariots, he can roll on down the highway and take out this measly army with their pitchforks and garden hose. Of course he can. It's all, the road is paved. That's easy. They got nothing. He's rolling in with tanks. Easy. And they don't worry about that river because it's the dry season. Also, even if it weren't, Sisera and his army, guess who they worship? They worship the Canaanite god Baal, who is the god of earth and rain. So, they got this. They're untouchable. No problem. Until Yahweh shows up. And the god above all gods unleashes a fraction of his power have you ever seen, I hope you haven't been in one, but maybe you've seen a video, have you ever seen a flash flood just come out of nowhere? Like it goes from a trickle and then all of a sudden, that's this, okay? That's this. And the chariots rolling down that highway that were their strength became their greatest weakness because they're blown off the highway, washed off the highway, whoosh, wheels, logged, in lodged in the mud. Their heavy armor is weighing them down and everything that made them strong is now their greatest weakness. And Deborah and Barak's army rush down the mountain and they conquer their enemies. And it's an amazing story. And the Israelites were rescued. And for one shining moment, things were good then look at this last panel from the action bible the people rejoice and sing praises too and for 40 years there is peace in israel families work in their fields and harvest their crops but in time they again forget god and find themselves in more trouble than ever before We will always need a rescuer. So, I'm so glad that instead of sending person after person, God the Father loves us so much that he sent Jesus, the perfect judge. That's that's some pretty good stuff, right?
0: Uh, You can take it from somebody who forced himself to, to review a bunch of stuff. It's worth reviewing. And um, we put all of this on our website. If you go to communitychristianchurch.com um, or download the app, if you just search in the app store, Community Christian Church, Hamilton, Ohio, you'll see our logo. Um, you can click on media, and then you'll see all of our sermon series. And you'll be able to click on a sermon series, and, uh, and from there, you know, pick one. Maybe it's one that you missed. Maybe you want to, like, remember one, and then you're like, oh, I got, I got to share this with somebody. It's all there for you. We put it out there for you. Shelly puts a lot of work into that. And so, real fast, what else was big in 2023? Well, it was the return of some of our favorites, Summer at the Movies. Yeah, I see some, Yeah, you love that. We love that. It's uh, where we take movies, blockbuster movies, and we, we pull out the truths in them and get to teach on clips from that. And so I'm, I'm not going to show you any of the clips. We've already done that. They're on our website, like I said. But we did um, Top Gun Maverick, we did Uncharted, we did uh, Big George Foreman, nice cool life story about true story about him, we did um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for Marvel fans, and then for, for my girls, they really appreciated that we did the bad guys, and we also did a, a movie uh, viewing party on the Saturday before that. Summer of the movies is great because we pop popcorn. The whole place smells like popcorn. I'm sorry if you can't smell it online, but, you know, we want you to be here. And you guys invite your friends, and it's going to be a great five weeks again in 2024, right? If you've got a movie you think we should be doing, feel free to add that to your prayer request when you turn in your Connect card or fill out an online one. We'd love to hear about it. But we went in that through the fall. We did Power to Change. Scott talked a lot about... Um, what happens when you're stuck and you're sick of being stuck? And what kind of habits should you put in place for God to give you the life that he wants for you? And we closed out the year right before we did Christmas stuff. We closed out the year doing um, our leading the ones that you love. And there was a lot of parenting in there, but there was a lot of just mentorship and being an example in there. And I know it was the one that I preached, but if you missed some of those or you want to review something, I highly recommend looking back. The one called Words and Deeds. I really feel like God taught me a lot through that one. So that was that. And then maybe, maybe you remember, but it was only seven days ago we were here, and that was Christmas Eve. (laughs) You remember Christmas Eve? Hopefully you are here, especially our candlelight service. It was beautiful. I feel like Christmas Eve on a Sunday is kind of perfect. It's kind of like that sweet spot of the day of the week, um, because it's just awesome to be together on and, um, and do that. So um, we, we love doing Christmas Eve. And so we want to just tell you, man, this is a lot of stuff, isn't it? And, and, and I believe that God has a lot more planned for us in 2024. I told you, we're not scared of difficult stuff. And so I want to give you a quick preview of the difficult stuff that we're going to be talking about in our next series that starts next week called How Not to Read the Bible.
6: When Christians read the Bible, the understandable focus is almost always on the nice parts. The problem is that there are parts of the Bible that aren't so nice, and those parts are starting to get a lot more attention. Seemingly strange commands condemning tattoos, and the instructions not to eat shrimp... Verses that seem to endorse slavery, brutal passages where God clearly commands the merciless killing of women, children, and even infants. How about the verses telling women they should submit and remain silent and can't say anything in church? Is God okay with polygamy? It seems like it. He's also okay with unicorns because they are in the Bible too. How about the rib woman who is told by a talking snake to eat fruit from a magical tree? What do we do with all the verses that make it feel like you're being forced to choose between the Bible and science? How do we make sense of all of this? Because it's all there in the Bible. If someone asked you, what would you say?
0: So let me be upfront and honest about um, our position on this. We believe what the Bible says about itself and what thousands of years of Christians have believed about the Bible. That it's God's word and that it's true. But this is going to be so important for this moment in history because, like the promo was talking about, like, so many people do not just accept that anymore. And they critically look at the Bible, and I'll tell you what, that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. Because God is not scared of truth. Amen. He is it. And so uh, we really are not going to shy away from tackling some of the difficult things in the Bible and really looking at the Bible, not what some YouTuber has to say about it, not what some meme is is promoting their view on the Bible, but what the Bible is, where it was written, what it says, what it actually means, how you and I make sense of it. That's why this next series that we're doing, How Not to Read the Bible, is going to be so big. And um, alongside it, we're going to be doing two small groups Shelly's going to do one starting next Sunday on Sunday afternoon, so go grab your lunch. Come back here for a 1 p.m. follow-up. It's a video teaching and then some diving into God's Word and discussion. And then I'll be doing one starting on January 10th. It's a Wednesday night. Wednesday night, January 10th is also when we kick off our children's and youth and adult small groups, um, mostly over there in the calm and downstairs in the basement. And so I'll be doing one of these how not to read the Bible groups and then too. We would love for you guys to join us in that. We have so much other stuff. We want to talk about the ABCs of financial freedom. We're going to talk about discipleship in 2024. I just I just kind of want to say, God's got a lot of stuff going on. And, and it's not just here. He is in control of the whole universe. But we get to be part of this body. And I thank you for being a part of that too. And just a couple weeks ago, I was in the car with my daughter she asked me a question about a book of the Bible that I didn't know the answer to. I was not afraid to tell her. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And then it immediately hit me. I like that I don't know everything about my faith. I like that I haven't reached the finish line and gotten bored. I, I like that God is still on the move and doing new things that I can discover and, and become more like him. My prayer is that we all Feel that same way and keep that same zeal for Him in 2024. I, I thank you for all that you individually have done, um, online and in person. We, we thank you for what you've done, um, even as just being a part here in 2023. And I really hope that you are excited and want to be a part of it in 2024. So let me pray us out of here with a blessing for all of that. God, you are good and we recognize that you are in control, and we thank you that you are not finished with us, that we um, have room to maneuver and grow and recover from, from bad things. And We just thank you for being that kind of God, a God that's present, a God that's active, and, and a God that can do miracles. And so we pray that for 2024. We want to be a part of a, something that's bigger than ourselves. We want blessings on our family and friends in community. And, uh, and God, we believe that the way to do that is to submit to you and to, to, uh, to come and give you ourselves, God, because we want to trust you and put our faith in you. So God, I pray that over our friends and our family here at Community Christian Church and here in Butler County, God, we pray that blessing over us going forward um, and into the new year. And we pray these things in your son's powerful name, in Jesus. Amen.